So, glad to see you again. Glad you're here. And that it looks like that you're beginning to practice uh, correctly. So, let's go um, with some initial congratulations that you're okay. Uh, and that you're recognizing times when you're um, all right. And you're recognizing times when you're frustrated. So those since those are your words, we'll go ahead and use that as the full teachings of the Buddha. Sometimes you're okay, sometimes you're frustrated. Yes. And when people see that they're frustrated, they get even more frustrated because they don't like frustration. Very true. But it's in fact it's the same mechanism. Yeah. That that frustrated is basically trying to get something that you don't have, grasping at it, and not getting it. Mm. Okay, sort of like trying to pick up a penny without any fingernails at all. <laughs> exactly. All right. So that um. We need to look at is the wanting and the doing without kind of in uh, separate ways are looking at each individual component of this because right now when we just call it frustration then we don't recognize that we don't like frustration we want to get rid of frustration but it's not going away. It's the same mechanism. We just now play it twice. We play the same song and then we play the second verse. Yeah. Frustration, <laughs> first verse, and then I see the first verse and now frustration, second verse. Exactly. Uh-huh. So let's look at the mechanisms that are going on with that. Because we can put that aside. In other words, we can say that I don't need whatever it was that I wanted right now, that I'm okay without it. And that this would be the kind of words that we would use for gladdening the mind. To recognize you want something. Maybe you want enlightenment. Mm -hmm. That a whole lot of people go around frustrating themselves because they want enlightenment and then they recognize they don't have enlightenment and so they frustrate themselves again, maybe to the <laughs> point of beating themselves up. Spot on. Okay. And sometimes they will then move from there to a slight degree differently into just boredom. 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 That ho-hum, I'm not getting what I want. And I guess I'll just have to put up with it. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. But it's the same feeling. And the feeling is, underlying all of that, is this feeling of dissatisfaction with not getting what we want. Mm -hmm. So that's actually the second noble truth. 
But what makes it unsatisfying is, is that we're not looking at what we're doing. We just wind up in that state of dissatisfaction. We call it frustration. That frustration has a next door neighbor. If not, it's the same guy. One's at 20 years old and the other one's 25, but it's the same dude. Mm. Frustration and boredom. Mm. Okay. And underlying that is restlessness, which comes from things are not good enough. And if I only do something, things will get better. If I do the right thing, then I can improve things. All right. This okay. is actually the, uh, a, a way of stating the law of karma. The law of karma. Yeah, you do good things and you get good results, right? Yeah. Maybe. Depends upon your position of looking at it. If I do something now, thinking that, like meditate, thinking that eventually I'll get bliss, like 5, 10, or 20 years from now, then that's magical thinking. Yeah. But I should do the right thing right now and get the results right now. Mm. So the Eightfold Noble Path is not really a path at all with a goal towards the end that the Buddha talks about his uh, method as being good in the beginning and good in the middle and good in the end. Mm. So basically the method is not the method of traveling to a place because you're already there. It's basically it's as easy as taking the key out, putting it in the keyhole, turning the key and opening the door. Mm. Okay, but you got to get that key, and the key is to remember that mm. sati, sati is to remember that you can, in fact, gladden your mind. You can, in fact, throw out the kinds of thoughts that are frustrating, including the new thoughts of frustration. Yeah. When we see frustration, we say, okay, out you go. When we see the cause of frustration, oh, I wanted something. What was it that I wanted? Never mind. I don't need it right now. I'm, I'm okay right now. I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's the gladdening of the mind. With that, we can take a deep, easy, relaxing breath. And so the key ingredients that most people miss when they are doing something that they call meditation is taking the deep breathing intentionally and continuing to watch it. Yeah. And when we say watch it, we're actually meaning watching it in the sense of controlling it to make it a little more relaxed than it normally is. Normally we breathe too shallowly, but we're not talking about breathing completely in and out, because that's a lot of work to do. Yeah. The kind of example that I have, have you ever seen someone, what they call top up their tank, in the sense of after they fill it up, then they go and jump on the bumper to try to get any air pockets out so that they could put just another half liter into the tank. Okay, we can do exactly the same thing with breathing. And that's not what we're practicing. We're not trying to practice filling it up. 
Yeah. We're more interested in taking a normal longer breath that's relaxed and easy, especially the out breath, that it becomes like a sigh. So we go. <sighs> so that's the kind of breathing that we want to do. <coughs> oh, so you want us you want to sigh. Kind of. We want it and we want to remember it and we want to think about it in the sense of making sure that this in-breath is a long, easy, deep in-breath. And that the out-breath is a sigh, a long, easy, deep out-breath. This is right there in the suttas. Wonderful. And yet people, when they take the shorthand version of it, they say just watch the breath. Yeah. Well, that's that's almost like um, if we're not paying really close attention, like getting our hands on it. An example is um, you've got a dog who is in the habit of when someone leaves the house, they want to follow along with them. Yeah. Maybe barking or maybe not. But the point is, is that the dog, and so I want the dog to stay in the house. If I hold the dog, then when it starts to jump to think about going outside, because that dog is very interested in going outside. And if I let my hand off of that dog, she's going to take off and go. Yeah, exactly. How long can I hold on to the dog means I actually have to keep remembering to hold on to the dog. Yeah. Because if I forget to hold on to the dog, the dog's going to go run away, right? Yeah. This is why we're actually holding the breath. We're not just saying watching the breath while we're watching the dog on the porch because then we're going to just watch the dog get up and go. <laughs> we actually have to hold it. We have to control it. Hold it down. This is the kind of breathing that we're going to do so that we can, in fact, think of it this way. We're going to have sati on the in-breath. We're going to remember that in-breath. Remember that it's going to be a long breath. And then we're going to remember that the out-breath is going to be a long, nice, easy sigh so that we're actually experiencing the body and relaxing the body with this breathing. And so we remember it. And while we're remembering it, we also begin to think about it and think thoughts around the breath. Like, this is really nice. I really like this. This is easy. Okay. And then thoughts of frustration will come and we can say, hey, I don't need that frustration right now. Out it goes. I see you, Mr. Frustration. I see you, Mr. Restlessness. Sometimes we call it, I see you, Mr. Turd, coming in <laughs> here to, to stink up my happy moment. <laughs> No, yeah. What if it feels like that turd is like stuck in there, like pretty? It's pretty not stinky. stuck. It's not stuck. Yeah. It's not stuck. It just keeps wanting to come back. Yeah. 
It's springy that way. Mm. But it's just as easy to to remove it the second time as it was the first time. And then the third time is a little bit easier to throw it out than the first time. And by the 19th time, you're beginning to think, hey, I can do this. And then by the 2000th time, you can say, I can do this. Yeah, that's what I've been noticing. It's been getting easier. Gets easier when your skills begin to develop. Yeah. And so we're talking about the Eightfold Noble Path here in the sense of we're doing this because we can see that there is that stinky turd, that this is one's right view. And so the main skill that we need to practice is the practice to remember to look at what's going on, to remember to look to see is there any frustration here or am I good to go? And generally with that, we begin to breathe and take the deep in breaths. And sometimes they almost, it seems they co-arise. That sati and the deep breath, or as you begin to breathe deeply, that's when the sati kicks in. Because you're already beginning to get into the habit of taking this long, easy, deep breath. And so they kind of come together. As you remember, you start to breathe deeply. As you remember, you begin to check what what kind of thoughts did I just have? Yeah. <laughs> and then we can say, hey, man, I'm not having the kind of thoughts that are really conducive to, to joy and happiness. Let's throw those things out. Let's throw frustration out. And with that deep breath, we can say, hey, out you go. Hey, I'm going to have a really nice moment. Yeah, that's interesting. So Easy, measy moment. Sometimes it feels like, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. It's okay. Never mind. It's okay. That's right. (sighs) (sighs) And so we become or we spend more time in the here now. That when we're watching this breath, we're actually in the moment. Because we can't watch last week's breath or next month's breath. We may not have a next month's breath. Let's watch this one. Okay, I guess my question is, how, how do you, do you just watch it go? Do you kind of nudge it to go? Do you, like, You grab what... it by the throat and haul it. that's when sati is strong okay sounds great yeah that's that's what i needed to know sometimes that because i didn't want to be too forceful or no not forceful that's not we we're not using in the sense of forcing it but easy and insisting that it be easy Ah, okay, I see. <laughs> Determined that it's going to be easy, easy, easy. To not let that frustration come in and mess stuff up. No, not allowed. Mm. Only good, wholesome thoughts are allowed in here, boy. That old frustration, nah. <laughs> <laughs> 
out. Okay, so just thoughts of uh, joy, comfort, relaxation, nurturing thoughts. That in fact, how you get into frustration is with critical thoughts. Now, I do admit that we built our civilization with critical thinking. Yeah. Cell phones come about from uh, primitive uh, weapons and uh, farm tools all from the same place of the critical mind. I need this to do that. Yeah. But guess what? While we have made a civilization that's a bit safer than uh, primitive wild dog eat dog, or in our case, human eat human existence that we came out of. Yeah. Out of chaos. We came by developing the critical mind. Yeah. But we are left with being unhappy. Wow. Because we're critical. Mm. So that which we created that's is much better than it uh, than no civilization at all. And we're not satisfied with it. We're not ever satisfied with it. We weren't satisfied with primitive times. We weren't satisfied with Rome. We weren't satisfied with the dark ages. We weren't satisfied with uh, um, Hastings in 1066. We weren't satisfied with the Gutenberg Bible. We weren't satisfied with the Reformation. We weren't satisfied with anything. And we're up to now present. We teach our children and everybody's dissatisfied. Even the wealthiest man in the world is dissatisfied. He wants more. Yeah. And he's really working hard to keep what he's got. So he buys a lot of politicians to put in his pocket. Mm. Is it even possible for it to be like, <laughs> like a pardon? Is it possible to come out of that critical mind into a nurturing mind? The answer <laughs> is yes, but you have to practice. Because look at the history of the human being and the history of every child is born naturally into a nurturing environment. Mom bonds with that child and she nurtures and takes care of that child up until the time that it's about five or six. And then all of a sudden, whip comes out. Mm. Yeah. And now you've joined the society. Every child has to join the society, which means we become more and more critical of the society and more and more critical of ourselves. It's very much like getting bit by a vampire. Yeah, I think social media is also a contribution to that, probably. Well, it's both the contribution and the result. The result, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's the it's result of all of the uh, critical, and, and, uh, and so you can see all the criticism there. And if you read it, guess what you're doing with your mind? Mm -hmm. You're being critical. There's better mm -hmm. things to do for time structuring than that. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and so this is why we're practicing Anapanasati is to come out of those unwholesome thoughts. Thoughts of liking and not liking. Thoughts of criticism. And come into, wisely come into, 
a nurturing state of mind. Yeah. You friends with yourself instead of being critical and saying, I'm not enlightened yet. I want it. I want it. I want it. Yeah. Or sometimes I just like, oh, I want to get away from this pain or whatever it is. Right. Uh huh. Instead of saying, hey, I can handle this. Yeah. But that's where the confidence comes in. Remember, I was talking about after you keep doing it and doing it, that your confidence grows. Yeah. And as your confidence grows, your attitude changes. Yeah, my attitude definitely has been changing. A little subtle, you know, mm -hmm. little by little, you know. Right. And so as your attitude changes, your attitude changes from I can ha from uh, this is too much. Into uh, hey, I can handle this. Mm -hmm. Everything's all right. Yeah, we can do this. That's the attitude, right? We can <laughs> do this. We can. Yeah. But we have to practice getting that attitude because the society has given us a different attitude that we're supposed to tell, and that is do what you're told to do expecting a future reward that may or may not ever come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the school is based on it. Oh, if you do first grade, you can get into second grade. Second graders are really great stuff. <laughs> and then primary school. Oh, you're going to go to middle school now. Now you're with the big kids. Is and then it? high school. And then graduate school. I mean, there's nothing is ever enough. And the goal, goal of going to college nowadays is not to get a good education and being smart and wise and intelligent and all of that. Now is to get a job. That's your reward for going to school, is getting a job so you can pay off your loans. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> no, is that's our society. That's our culture. Yeah. Is it possible to live a practical or quote unquote practical? It does when you remember. <laughs> okay, I remember. If you remember, that's why sati is the most important, the most important uh, skill to be developed is to keep waking up and waking up and waking up and waking up. That, hey, you do not have to be critical of yourself. You do not have to be critical of politicians. You do not have to be critical of churches. You do not have to be critical of your friends. You do not have to be critical of your workmates. But most importantly, you don't have to be critical of yourself anymore. It's mm. beautiful. You can be nurturing. Sounds wonderful. You, you probably have heard the word paranoia or paranoia. Do you know what it means? Uh, I know what it means, but not the exact definition, probably. <laughs> you can you can say it like everything is dangerous or is that fear? everyone is out to get me or mm. I've got enemies out there, right? Yeah. And we don't know who they are, so everybody's an enemy, possibly, right? Yeah. Well, there's an upside down to that, and that is called metanoid, metanoia. Metan metanoia. What does that mean? Meta metanoia means that the whole world and everyone in it is out to do you good. Everyone's there to help you. 
Everything's all right. The world is a nurturing place for you and not a hostile place. Everything's fine. To give you a sense of well-being and satisfaction that goes deep to the point of feeling safe and secure. Safe and secure, satisfied, and eventually successful. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can handle things. These are all parts of the Eightfold Noble Path. Right effort and right attitude. Wonderful. But the number one, you can't get the right effort and the right attitude if you don't remember to have the right attitude because the natural attitude is the attitude of a loser, the attitude of the one who's frustrated, the attitude of uh, uh, things are heavy, dangerous. Mm. So we can say it like this, and things are about to fall apart and I've got to do something about it. But with metanoia, we can say, yeah, things fall apart, let them fall. Everything's Mm. going to be all right, even while they fall down. I like that. That this is, in fact, a wonderful world we live in. Like Satchmo says. Do you know that song? Yeah. <laughs> Such a 180, uh, 180 atti- attitude change. Exactly. <laughs> from critical mind into nurturing mind. From unwholesome mind into wholesome mind. From uh, past and future into right now. It's a complete 180 change. And it's spring-loaded, which means that it's very likely to switch right back again to the old pattern. And so we have to learn to be on guard for that. That's our sati, to wake up to what's happening. Yeah. Remember. Remember. So this is what we mean by Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. His Dukkha is going to be there. It's going to spring right up. That's his natural. Mr. Turd is constantly wanting to get in. Mr. Anxiety, Mr. Frustration is our habit. So if we remember that, we'll be on guard. Hey, I don't have to feel like that. I can feel the way I want to feel. So think about that, that you can feel the way you want to feel, not the way that you've been in the habit of feeling. Yeah, that's so empowering. That's empowering. (laughs) Or another way of saying it, hey, you spent years and years talking yourself into feeling bad. Now it's time for you to talk yourself into feeling good. Hmm. And some people will say, oh, well, I can talk to myself about feeling good, but I still don't feel good. And it says, oh, you're still judging, huh? (laughs) Not good enough, huh? Yeah. But the the only point is, is that when we think that uh, we don't feel good, then we don't. If we think that we feel good and keep thinking, that we feel good, 
we will begin to start feeling good. It's the natural. Yeah, that's a different. So yeah. even if it feels a little artificial and there's frustration down there anyway, you can say, never mind. That's all right. Yeah, you answer one of my questions. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's that. It's that. It feels artificial sometimes, you know, that feeling that comes up. Mm-hmm. Well, notice that artificial feeling and say, ah, I see you, Mr. Artificial Feeling. <laughs> Never mind. Just let it be. All right, well, this has been a short one, but I think this has been really excellent for you. And I've really enjoyed it, too. Thank you. Hey, um, I have one last question, if I... If All I, right, sure. Um, what do you think about... Um, you ever heard of the, the, the God molecule, 5-MeO-DMT? And how it can assist in, in awakening experiences. The belief in it is powerful, whether it exists or not. Yeah, that's how I've been trying to look at different, like. Okay, that yeah. placebos do work. <laughs> wow. That's why they do blind, double blind studies. Is because you can you can give a, a man a sugar pill and say this is the best whoop to do medicine. Thank you for joining this study. I'm sure you're going to feel a lot better, and he does. Wow, I never thought of it like that. If it's potential placebo, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but of a whole enlightened experience, that's pretty pop. That's well, that's the metanoid. It takes that placebo and says, wow, that's so good. I feel so good. <laughs> but why take an imaginary poison and say, oh, I feel so bad. Oh, things are terrible. Oh, I wish I could get that fixed and get that. Oh, maybe I could become enlightenment. I mean, why do we eat the placebo that has got the poison label on it? Yeah. Have a... When we can give ourselves a placebo of nourishment. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's so trippy. That's trippy. <laughs> so the reality of the situation doesn't even matter. Is how you're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I've been realizing that more ever since I've been practicing and my attitude towards it, my reliance, my dependency of like saying, oh, I need this substance, whatever, you know, to become whatever. But well, that's because we keep looking for things. Things are not good enough now. Yeah. And so we have to change that. That's the major change is, is that things are okay already. They're already good enough. You. you don't you don't need the God molecule. You don't need this, that, or the other thing that you've already got the placebo that you need. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
I appreciate you, Mr. Damarato. All right. Well, we'll see you in a few days, okay? Okay, thank you. Have a, have a good one. Yeah, you you enjoy yourself. Thank you. You too. Nourish. Take care. <laughs> bye bye.